How you doing? Welcome to the Close to His Heart podcast. I'm John Tomasello here, as always, with Kathy Wabick. And we are really excited to welcome Father Justin Stieg today as a guest. Um, we, uh, we got to know Father Justin recently. He's newly ordained as a priest. And um, he's going to tell us a little bit about his story and his journey toward the priesthood and how God brought him through that. And we're just, I, it's just a phenomenal story. And uh, we can't wait to have you guys here. So how are you doing, Father? Doing well. Doing well. I'm definitely enjoying this autumn weather and hoping that it lasts for a while. <laughs> yeah, it is nice. Yeah. It is nice. We've had a hot summer. Right. So, yeah, we are enjoying the, the cooler temperatures. It right. feels good. Yeah, thank you so much yeah. for having me on uh, your podcast today. And, of course, it's been my honor to come to the Mercy House and uh, to celebrate Mass with you several times before and so it's it's nice to be able to have this conversation with you as well yeah so sure. father so maybe you can tell us you know what attracted you to the catholic faith and what attracted you to the priesthood and was there someone in particular that influenced you yeah so um my background is that i, I grew up uh protestant um when i was younger my family and i went to an assembly of god church which is kind of a pentecostal type of a church and then in high school, we started going to United Methodist Church. So um, that was my background. My parents actually grew up Catholic, and they left the Catholic Church when they were young adults. They um, became part of a young adult group at a Protestant non-denominational church. And uh, that's where they really kind of took ownership of their own faith. And so that they just kind of continued on that path. And uh, so growing up, um, I knew that my grandparents were Catholic. I had some relatives, you know, some of my aunts and uncles were Catholic, but um, it wasn't, uh, you know, something I thought of. I spent a lot of time thinking about, you know, growing up, you know, uh, and, but the big emphasis for my family was uh, the Bible. Uh, my parents were really big on scripture study. And of course, as Catholics, we were also, uh, you know, wanting to learn more about the Bible as well. So growing up, that was kind of the big thing. And I was actually homeschooled, so I did uh, spend my entire, uh, you know, years, kindergarten through 12th grade at home um, and uh, learning in that capacity. And uh, again, with a big emphasis on Bible study, um, along with all the other, uh, you know, categories uh, and subjects that you would normally study in school. And so what attracted me to the Catholic Church, uh, it was actually in college that I started to think about a little more deeply about my faith in terms of um, taking ownership of it for myself. For a while, I got away from it for a few years. Not that I ever rejected my faith, but it wasn't very important to me. It wasn't a very high on the priority list. More And uh, more high on that priority list were things like, you know, having fun, having a good time, um, thinking about my future. You know, what, what kind of a job will I have after college? Uh, if I, could I, when am I, when am I going to meet or how am I going to meet the right person to get married? So these were the questions on my mind. Good, you know, they're not bad things. They're, they're great things. But I wasn't thinking all very much about my faith. And so it, was, um, it wasn't until um, like my junior, senior year of college that I started to take my faith more seriously. And a couple of factors played into it. One was um, my grandfather died right around the same time that I had a cousin who died. 
And so it really brought home the, the reality of mortality. And so I, which uh, got me thinking about, um, you know, the fragility of life and asking some of these questions about meaning and purpose and looking for some sense of uh, peace, you know, in, in the midst of all of these questions. And so that's when I started to take my faith more seriously. Also around the same time, I had a friend and classmate who um, became Catholic. Also, you know, from similarly from a, a Protestant background. And I started to wonder why someone would do that. I wasn't against the Catholic Church, but I just wasn't for it either. I never, again, gave it much thought. So um, I began to look into it. And um, the more I learned about the Catholic Church, uh, the more I, uh, it just made sense and really appealed to me. Um, there was a depth there, uh, realizing that this was the historical church. There was some development, but going all the way back to Christ, that this is the historical church. And so there was a depth there that I kind of craved at that point in my life as I was searching for, um, you know, to more, you know, more uh, depth in my own personal relationship with God. Right. And so um, when I saw that depth in the, in the Catholic faith, the Catholic church, it kind of drew me in. It's what I was looking for was greater depth in my own faith, in my own personal life. And so, uh, you know, when it comes to the intellectual level, you have all these great uh, theologians and philosophers, but it comes to the spiritual level, you have all these uh, mystics. And um, when it, when it comes to the, um, the, the worship and the sacraments, you know, there was something there, especially the Eucharist, the idea that I could be close to Jesus Christ in a way that was concrete and that I could relate to knowing that God of course is everywhere and always with us, but I was really looking for something to grab onto in that uh, kind of tumultuous time in my life. And so the idea of the sacraments to relate to God in a way that was concrete uh, really appealed to me. Wow. Yeah, that's the beauty of our faith, right? The sacraments. And isn't that the time, you know, when we go through something in life, like I know at the death of my mother, that's the time that I took to really dig into what the Catholic faith is all about and what, what the Catholic faith teaches. That like that seems like the time when people go through trials or tribulations that they really turn to their faith, hopefully, and want to know more about it. Um, I don't know. Do you feel that, John? Yeah, it's um, definitely true for me. Uh, what you're talking about with the Eucharist really hit home for me. Um, I was raised Catholic and uh, kind of went through the motions uh, most of my life and um, reached a point where actually I ended up going, having to go through a divorce. And that was my low point, you know, <laughs> that was, whoa, what am I doing? You know, I need to turn to God with this. And it's, it's interesting. I actually went to a non-Catholic kind of like a non-denominational sort of like men's group and retreat. And that kind of brought in the idea or concept of that personal relationship with Jesus. But as I attempted to grow in that personal relationship, I found most profoundly that personal relationship in the sacraments like you said <laughs> it like th that that almost like a uh, moment of looking elsewhere than where the catholic church is brought me closer to the catholic church in the long run if that kind of makes mm -hmm. sense because i saw in the eucharist that is where he is you know <laughs> more than right. anywhere else and right. um so when you were talking about that that really hit for me um, but yeah, a lot of times it's those difficult times that mm -hmm. we go through that we're either going to, 
when we go through that, we're going to do one of two things. We're either going to turn away from him or we're going to turn toward him, <laughs> you know? Right. And uh, he knows what he, he knows. He knows how to draw us to himself. Father, what are some of your greatest joys as a priest? Well, um, yeah, I, um, I, I enjoy, I, I, it's been two years now, about two and a half years since I was ordained as a priest. And it's, um, it's been a real confirmation that I'm doing the right thing. Uh, that I've had a sense of peace about it. I enjoy what I'm doing. And what more can you really ask for than to enjoy what you do and find it meaningful? And so some of my favorite things to do is I really love preaching. I really enjoy preaching. It's a kind of a creative outlet. It's also a spiritual outlet, you know, so it's a time that I need to take, whether I like it or not, for preparation, <laughs> you know, so I spent time I need to spend with the scriptures and in prayer and in study. And uh, so it gives me, it affords me that opportunity. And it also, as I say, is a creative outlet to kind of bring everything together, you know, um, and, uh, and be open to the inspiration of, of where God's spirit is leading me and what to say. And so uh, I, I enjoy it. And I'm, you know, so that's one thing I love is preaching. Um, another thing that I enjoy is really just um, being with people. You know, I'm, I, uh, I am kind of tend to be more of an introvert. So it does take energy for me to be with people, but it also is what brings the greatest joy is to um, be with people and, and to and meet people and to, uh, be part of a community. And uh, that's what really expands the heart. And that's a definition for joy that I like. One definition for joy is that it's the expansion of the heart. Hmm. And like so that. when you're with people and you're meeting people and you're in a community, it, it just expands your heart and which brings joy. So that's, that's one of the great things is that I get to devote my, uh, my days to serving people and being with people and building up a community. Um, I can tell you, you are a fabulous homilist. Uh, my husband and I love your homilies. You have a great speaking voice and a great presence about you when you speak. Um, to the, so that is a gift that you have. And you can see the joy in you when you speak. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Um, what advice would you give to a young person who's considering the religious life? Yeah, male, um, male or female? What sure. advice would you give them? Yeah, so uh, that process of discernment, right? Uh, trying to figure out where God is calling us. And I think uh, one of the big things uh, that's been helpful for me is um, I love that spirituality of St. Ignatius of Loyola, and he's big into discernment. And one of the things is uh, paying, being attentive to your feelings. Uh, not just, not just uh, what do I think is best to do, but what, what am I feeling at kind of a gut level? Where am I sensing peace? You know, so when I, when I think about different options, um, when I, and especially when I maybe try them out, you know, whether it's uh, visiting a religious yeah. community, whether it's going to the seminary or visiting the seminary, um, am I feeling like a, a sense of a deep peace about this? Even if I have questions, even if I'm uncertain, even if I have doubts, but beneath it all, is there some kind of a sense of a peace and a draw and an attraction? Um, or not, you know, and so that's what we're looking for is kind of that, that below the surface, because we, we're always going to have those questions and those doubts and those concerns, but below the surface, am I, am I, do I have that sense of peace or not? 
And then as we continue on that process of discernment, is that sense of peace continuing to grow or not? Okay. And so, um, you know, am, am I, am I, Am I, uns- you know, am I ultimately uh, feeling unhappy or, or am I at peace? Mm-hmm. So Father, that's the you- internal. There's yeah. also the external aspect. And that is, um, you know, in terms of uh, whoever your superiors are and, and the people, you know. So for me, in the seminary, every year I would spend the summer in a parish. And then I spent a whole internship year at a church as well. And so the people are a big part of this discernment process. And they're saying, I see it in you. Keep going. Or maybe they're saying, have you considered something else? (laughs) And so you're you're, you're listening for the, you know, the people around you and your, your, in particular, you know, your superiors as well. Uh, And so that's the external uh, aspect of the discernment. So are things going well externally? Are you being encouraged to move forward? And are things going well internally? Are you, do you feel that sense of peace about it? So you kind of want both mm-hmm. uh, elements, the external and the internal, to be there. Yeah, because God speaks to us through, through others, right? Yeah. That's great advice. Did you ever look at the or, an order of priests, or were you, did you strictly feel called to be diocesan? I thought about some religious orders. I'm, in particular, I've been very inspired by St. Francis of Assisi. So mm-hmm. I, I thought about the Franciscans. One thing, though, I liked about the diocese uh, and being a diocesan priest is that it's more localized. So the diocese is the eight for of New- Buffalo is the eight counties of Western New York. And so I like the fact that even though I might move around to different churches, I'll always be um, have the stability of being in this uh, region. And that's something that appealed to me. A lot of uh, religious communities uh, have various huge provinces that might encompass like the, you know, the whole East Coast of the United States and maybe a couple other countries as well. And um, so you're going to do a lot more moving around if, if most likely if you're in a community like that. Oh, okay. Interesting. Now, so one of the things that we want to focus on here at the Mother of Mercy House is reaching to the youth. We want to get to the youth. What would you say would be some good things that maybe we could do out of the Mother of Mercy House to how can we bring our youth into our church and really get them involved? How can we get them to really know their faith? So, you know, they, they know what the mass is. They understand every aspect of our faith. How can we get them more involved? Because it seems that the older they get, the busier they are and the farther away they go from the church. It's just history is repeating itself over and over. And, and we look at other religions and they have their youth so involved um, how can we do that? I mean, how can we bring our youth and get them more interested in the Catholic faith and really build yeah. up, I mean, really build up their, their desire to be part of this, this faith? Yeah, well, I think that's a, a great question. And I apologize for the phone uh, starting to ring in the background. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so I don't um, even hear it. So <laughs> I don't hear it. I know. <laughs> yeah, so, so the youth. Um, you know, certainly we think about um, the fact that on average, when we go into a church, we see uh, mostly older people. And um, so we, we definitely want, are, are concerned about that in, in that sense. But um, I, I think that uh, not just the youth, but everyone really are, are, are longing for a real um, 
a practical encounter with God in the sense of um, uh, having the tools to grow in their relationship with God. And uh, I think um, learning different ways to pray, I think is so key for that. Uh, and uh, of course, the uh, community aspect is so key for that because we encounter God in one another, you know, as we were saying. And so uh, they, want to, they want to be able to encounter God, I, I think. That's what we all want, um, you know, in, in prayer and in community and in service. And so providing those opportunities, you know, for learning um, about how to, how to pray or different ways to pray, uh, providing those opportunities for just being together and also for service uh, in the community. I, I think um, those are the ways that we in, encounter God in, in prayer and in community and in service. And yeah, so just providing those opportunities. And I think that um, sometimes we, we uh, try to, um, oh, I don't know, try uh, too hard to impose things on people because uh, with the best of intentions, of course, but we want to make sure that our youth believe all the right things. And, uh, but that's not where we start with evangelization, you know, trying to argue with people or, or, or get them to believe the same things you know, as we do, that's not where we start. In the beginning of the catechism, in the preface, it says that everything we do and believe and teach are all meant to be directed toward the love that never ends. And in everything that we do believe and teach, it should make the love of the Lord accessible. Hmm. And so um, that's where we have to start. We need to, people are going to be drawn by attraction to the church nowadays. They don't feel that sense of obligation anymore, like, like we used to, because we grew up in uh, traditional, maybe even ethnic um, Catholic homes, mm -hmm. now people don't feel that sense of obligation. So if they're going to be drawn to the church, it's not going to be through uh, shaming and guilt. It's going to be through attraction. And so there need to be those uh, things to attract. And um, again, that's going to be by making that love of the Lord accessible. Yeah, I think, you know, we see that at the bedside of the sick and dying, we see um, the family of the loved one that's dying. We see the families desiring to learn more about the Catholic faith and desiring to learn how they can come closer to God. How can they have a personal relationship with Jesus? They want those things. They just don't want to know how to find them. And so it's exciting that now we can offer these conferences and retreats here. And, and we find, right, John, a lot of people really would say, well, I didn't know that. And how come I For was sure. never taught that? And how come I was never taught Jesus is truly present, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist? How come, how come I didn't know that? Um, these are adults. So mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know. It's, what do you think, John, about no, that? I, I agree. I, I think that, um, well, a basic premise is we're all made by God. So we're made with that internal desire to find his love, so to speak, you know? <laughs> So like father said, we just, just presenting that. And rather than, I think rather than presenting the Eucharist, for example, as just here's an edict that you have to believe, yeah. go more into the love behind that truth. And you know what I mean? That that's what will attract the people. And like you said, though, I mean, so many people don't know it, or maybe that's something they remember from when they were a kid vaguely, but it never really was a focus. You know what I mean? So when we can come in and Again, sometimes it does happen at that time of loss 
God uses those times to draw people forward. And so I think we're blessed to be in a position or called to be in a position to, to give that to people when they look, when they're looking for it, you know, (laughs) if that makes any sense. Um, So, yeah, I think it's, it's a, it's a beautiful thing and everything we believe is a beautiful thing because it all comes from our Lord. And um, we just, I think we just need to show people that beauty. I know um, they say that church attendance is down because of the pandemic, but I think this is a good time to bring people back to the faith. Don't you, Father? It's the perfect time. Yeah, I think I I agree. You know, that people people need to be able to see the faith again for the first time. Hmm. And, uh, you know, as you're saying, there's a a lot of... uh, um, you know, for lack of a better word, ignorance about, about what the church is all about, you know, um, right. you know, kind of like we were saying, uh, people, uh, people know about the rules, they know, okay, there's these rules, there's these regulations, and that's kind of where it stops, and they're like, we don't need any more rules and regulations in our life, like, we've got plenty already, you know, I go to work, rules and regulations, I go, you know, here, I go there, I take a drive, I, you know, everything, I don't need more rules and regulations, more obligations in my life, so, you know, that's, that's the impression people have of the church, but what about love? What about community? We all need more of that in our lives. And so if we can get that across, like you say, the beauty of the faith, uh, you know, that, that, that love of God, uh, that, uh, that um, the challenge, but also the, the, uh, the grace of community life and, uh, and service uh, in the community, um, you know, the, these are the things that, um, that are, are, are just, everybody needs, everybody needs community, everybody needs uh, love. Everybody needs the sense of peace, you know? So uh, that's, that's that beauty of our faith that we need to be able to lead with and get across. And then once we appreciate that, then we can start to go deeper. Okay. Okay. What are all the little details, you know, you know, and then we can start to learn about some of those rules and why, but we can't lead with the details. We need to somehow get that bigger picture across. And I think the greatest place to see God's love is in suffering. I mean, that's what I've noticed is those that suffer, they're really searching for God's love at that moment. <clears throat> and when they find it, their faith can just blossom, can be on fire. But it's, it's that place in suffering because that's the time they're questioning, why would God allow this? Why has he done this to me? Um, but in the midst of that, if they could find his love that is there in the midst of suffering, I think is a good thing. Yeah, along the lines, you know, those lines, um, I was hearing recently about change. When are people open to change? And mm-hmm. it is at certain times of their life. It's, it's during times of crisis. Yeah. And also times when people are looking for personal growth. And uh, th- those might coincide or, you know, or be distinct uh, times in their lives. But, um, but there's also times when people are not open to change. They're, they're, they uh, are not open to something different. And so, but those times of, of crisis, those times of searching uh, for growth are opportunities. And, um, you know, that's, that's where we, uh, you know, can and should focus our energy is on, on those people. And there's so many of them who are going through a time of crisis or going through a time of growth. And the thing is, it's, they have to make time, you know, growing in our faith takes time, it takes time in prayer. And, you know, and takes time in silent prayer, we can hear God speak to us. And I think 
time is a big thing with people right now. They don't have the time. Life is so busy for some people. It's like, stop the world and let me get off. It's, it's so busy that I think they have to look at, well, where can I not do something? So I have more time to be in prayer with our Lord. You sort of have to um, make priorities, What put your priorities in order, right? Yeah, and, and we can start small. One of the things with prayer um, is that you can start small. You know, you don't have to jump, make this giant leap where, okay, I'm going to mm-hmm. spend two hours in prayer every day. You know, right. so what about, can you do 15 minutes in the morning and 15 minutes in the evening and, right. um, and start there, you know, or five right. minutes in the morning and five minutes in the evening? And start there and see what develops. Yeah, and we also tell to realize people, there's so many different ways to pray, you know, and, and maybe something right. a new way to learn about uh, that you might be interested in trying that might appeal to one person at a particular time in their life. Yeah, there's so many ways of praying. You can pray while you work. That's possible, right? Absolutely, so many ways to pray. Yeah, yeah. right, definitely. Well, thank you, Father. Thank you for your time, and uh, this this was. Uh, really inspirational for me to hear your story. So I'm sure it's going to inspire many and hopefully some people who are interested in the religious life, maybe you've inspired them as well. So, so thank you. Yeah, I would say definitely. If, if, if you've ever thought about it, you know, then maybe look into it because that could be that call, you know, that could be that call just when you get that kind of thought in your head sometimes. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that could be the, uh, the beginnings of a call to whatever that might be, religious life, um, uh, ordination as a deacon or priest, or to marriage. They're all vocations. Or, right? to, uh, or to the single life, too, you know, which sometimes gets the short end of the stick. But uh, the yeah. single life, too, you know, is, a, is a, uh, a way of life that affords a lot of opportunities to, to focus those efforts and time and energy in um, a way that you're called to do. So, all right. Yeah, thank you so much, Father. It's yeah. great. Just thank great. You. We're going to end with this thank prayer. You for me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're going to end with this prayer. And then, Father, if you could give us your blessing, that would be great. Okay. okay. So, this is a prayer from St. Faustina's Diary, uh, prayer for priests. And it is entry number 1052. In the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, my Jesus, I beg you on behalf of the whole church, grant it love and light of your spirit and give power to the words of priests so that hardened hearts might be brought to repentance and return to you, O Lord. Lord, give us holy priests. You yourself maintain them in holiness. O divine and great high priest, may the power of your mercy accompany them everywhere and protect them from the devil's traps and snares which are continuously being set for the souls of priests. May the power of your mercy, O Lord, shatter and bring to naught all that might tarnish the sanctity of priests, for you can do all things. Amen. Amen. And may Almighty God bless you and give you peace, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. God bless. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for having me and look forward to seeing you again soon. Thank you. We'll have you on again if you would be willing. Anytime. Pick another topic. (laughs) Yeah, I'd be happy to, of course. Great. And let me just throw this on the end. If you like anything you hear, please follow 
us, follow our, the podcast, share us, like us, do all that stuff so we can keep spreading the love of our Lord to as many people as possible. And, um, you know, we thank you for listening and we always pray for all those who, who will ever hear this. So thanks. Thank you, everyone. God bless you. God bless Good day. Bye now. Bye.